You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Uh, we're live, pal. Hey, we're live, pal. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the A-Side Live Chat on MMAFighting.com. I bet you're wondering a few things. One... I probably sound a lot better. No more echo. That's because I have a brand new, brand new mic, professional. You're probably wondering, that doesn't look like Jose's normal setup. That's because I moved and I'm finally in my new setup. Got a lot of books behind me still. I have even more on the ground. That's been like a three-day process. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw my plight. I had about nine Rubbermaid bins filled with books. One of them weighed 110 pounds. That was fun to carry up a flight of stairs. That's neither here nor there. Welcome this week. You've seen them on preview shows. You've seen them on weigh-in shows. You've seen them on post shows. You've seen them on Between the Links. You've seen them on What the Heck. But he's not hosting this time. He is a guest panelist. Mike Heck, welcome back, sir. How's life over in New England? It's great. We're about to get six inches of snow here in the Berkshires mm-hmm. tomorrow night into Friday. So happy April to all of us. Snow in April, man. <laughs> Nothing quite like it. I remember one time in second grade in Rhode Island, it snowed on April 1st, and my heart damn near sank because they canceled baseball practice. Anyway, that, no one cares about that. Casey, on the ones and twos, of course. How's life in Englewood? How's, how's double vaccination like? It's good. Um, I got great reception. Um, <laughs> yeah, mostly I, I like 6G. Um, yeah, so it's cutting down my Wi-Fi bills. It's awesome. It's awesome. I, I, I'm now connected with Mr. Gates. Did it kick your ass? I was slightly tired the next day, but I'm kind of always tired, so I wasn't sure. But I, I did have a little sore. I felt like I, felt like I just got like um, just punched in the arm, but uh, whatever. I'm very nervous because my fr- my second shot is the day before I fly to Jackson. Oh. So I get it Sunday, and then I get up playing Monday morning. Like not even, like maybe 12 hours in between. 
and I'm very nervous that I'm going to be on the airplane just like, <laughs> or like walking through, because I have a layover in Dallas. So I'm mm. just going to be sitting in Dallas at the airport, just like zonked out. Well, just, do, just do a it. bunch of pull-ups, you know, you know, build up your immune system. You're good, man. I can't, man. My whole, if anyone wants, or like, I, ta- I talked about my moving thing. My body is falling apart from carrying books. My hands are cut up. It's hot out here. Carrying boxes upstairs. If you want a good calf workout and then never be able to walk again, carry boxes up the stairs because I did it for two days and now I couldn't walk yesterday, the end of the afternoon. Anyway, anyway, Mike, how's the little one? He's good. He's good. Uh, in school right now, he's getting picked up as we speak. So the wife should, he might be, he, he might make an appearance on here. Who knows? But oh, I'm happy boy. to say, I'm happy to say that I'm getting my first vaccination on Tuesday. So we're getting there. And then Mike can be back out on the road again for all these Bella tours in Connecticut. <laughs> I know. Finally. God, it's like impossible here. Somehow I got I got super lucky. I got like the last time frame. I got to drive two and a half hours to get it, but <laughs> worth the drive. I had to drive to Vegas to get mine. So <laughs> I had to I had to walk across the street and it took about a 30 second walk. It's great. Anyway, anyway, let's talk all sorts of MMA. We got one on TNT, two. We got Bellator 257. We got UFC Vegas 24. We got Askren, Ben Askren versus Jake Paul. Which a is whole lot of fist fight. We got a whole lot of fist fighting happening this week. We could talk some wrestling if you want, some pro wrestling. I was building this desk while watching day two of WrestleMania. So let's chat. Let's talk about whatever you guys want to talk All about. Right. Casey, what's our first question? To the questions. All right, here we go. The big news, nah, send me big news today. We'll see. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> From MMG2K20 on Twitter, Eddie Alvarez, Oscar De La Hoya. Early thoughts and views, hashtag the A side. So I read this headline on MMAfighting.com, of course, this morning when I woke up. And I looked at it and I said, I should be surprised, but I'm not surprised because if anyone's going to fight Oscar De La Hoya, I thought it was going to be either Eddie Alvarez or Anthony Pettis. I thought it was going to be one of those two because they're not in the UFC. Uh, I'm sure one and PFL would love the publicity of fighting Oscar De La Hoya. They're about his, his size. They're both Hispanic American, of course, Puerto Rican. Uh, so th- that just sells itself. Hispanic, Mexican American, Mexican American. Mike, your initial thoughts on this alleged Eddie Alvarez Oscar De La Hoya boxing match? I want to add because MMG 2K20 did not. Good for Eddie Alvarez. I mean, especially after what happened to him last week and the disqualification and all of that, like talk about a guy's fortune changing in a matter of days. Like this could be a very big deal for him, very lucrative for him. I like it. It doesn't surprise me at all. I think the Pettis one would probably surprise me more just because he's in the middle of the season and the bubbles and all the stuff that are Mm. going on. So I don't know how favorable PFL would have been to that idea. I mean, the publicity would have been great for them, but Alvarez, you know, considering the world we're living in right now in combat sports, this makes all the sense in the world. So kudos to Eddie if he gets the fight, and I'll be watching if it happens, no doubt about it. On Triller, of course, who just bought out Fight TV, right? Or Fight Hub, Fight TV? Which one did they buy out? Fight TV. Fight TV. Yeah. Yes. What a world we live in. Casey, initial thoughts on Eddie Alvarez versus Oscar De La Hoya. I was shocked, but at the same time, it had to be somebody. So I, I think any name they would have said, I'm like, what? But yeah, like, um, I, yeah, I, 
Yeah, for some reason, I, I when I heard the Oscar de la Hoya retirement thing, I was like, I didn't even think of an opponent. I was just thinking of just de la Hoya by first. I thought I was thinking more like Tyson, how Tyson fought. Um, who did Tyson fight? Uh, Jones. 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 Sorry, I was thinking like he was gonna fight like another uh, retired, you know, famous boxer or something like that. But um, I don't know why it didn't cross my no, mind well, to do this. He, go this he, route. Had, he had announced uh, that he was gonna fight a UFC fighter. Oh, like he, they he, they wanted like that was the whole selling point. So he wanted. Well, his mic wasn't turned on, so I didn't hear it. That's true, <laughs> and I'm gonna be salty about it for the rest of my days. So when they show, inevitably show these highlight packages and they show that footage, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I everyone of course and, and right away when they were there and I posted that video clip to our socials and YouTubes all the comments were so we get in and see Dana White fight inside a boxing ring in 2021 oh, we brought it up to Dana White and he just laughed in our good friend Oscar Willis's face and said you guys just want to ask me stupid questions don't you and they just moved on <laughs> like he didn't bite at all I was shocked normally if you want a good Dana rant, you bring up Bob Arum or Oscar De La Hoya and just let him go, and that's a good that's good for a couple five thousand Twitter views, like right out of the gate. Didn't bite, and we were like, "Well, oh, good on you!" Like, didn't just blow a gasket. Well, that's the thing. Dana White's a promoter, and why is he going to sure. promote someone else's fight unless he's part of it? He's not going to promote it. He can't even promote his own fights. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. So is, is is this fight, is this a more competitive fight than the fight we have this Saturday between uh, Paul and, and um, Askren? Oh, I don't know. Like, what do you think? What are we thinking in this fight? Who 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 you got? <laughs> How old is Oscar De La Hoya? 48. Oscar fought at a, light, at a lighter weight class than Eddie did, didn't he? It was an Oscar like in the 140s around. So I thought. Uh, or originally, well, when he was an active fighter. Yeah. Yeah. So Something around there. But when's, when was his last boxing match? I'm going to find out. He's 5'10". His last boxing match was in 2008 against Manny Pacquiao. That yeah, was a long time ago. I mean, I, I would favor Del Hoya in a boxing match. You don't I favor would. him? No. It I just, just think, depends on the rule you know, set. Yeah, it's it's it would be one thing like if 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 he was fighting like Sugar Ray came out of retirement and fought, but like Anthony, Eddie Alvarez is in his still in his physical prime and hits really hard. Uh, I just think it's a matter of age discrepancy at that point. I don't think it's a matter of boxing skill. I just think Eddie is could probably take a harder punch and hit harder at this point in their in their lives. All right. I don't well, know if it's gonna be an exhibition fight or. Or whatnot, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. It's gonna get the deal's still gonna get done too. Yeah, I doubt it'll be a pro fight because what Oscar Hoy would have to pass a bunch of medicals and physicals and all that stuff. <laughs> Jesus. What was the how long was George Foreman out when he came back? Remember he came back all thick? And he was like because but then he fought Evander Holyfield. Yeah, but he came back as like a real boxer, not like as a celebrity boxer. Yeah, he also yeah. came back. And looked really. Didn't he win the championship back? Yeah, like, the heavyweight title. Yeah, that was like that was like the <laughs> whole did. thing. Yeah, he won. He won it all. Like at age ninety or something. I don't know. Yeah, he took. It took a while. I can't quite find the exact date, but I remember when he fought Evander Holyfield, and he worked on his core so much because he knew Evander would just punch his body, so he would block like like this, 
rather than like this, and it just looks super bizarre to me. This fat lump, and it, that was one of the best heavyweight fights I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but George Foreman is, a, is an ageless wonder. Anyway, yes. Anyway, Before he took he... ten years off. Yeah, <laughs> March seventeenth, nineteen seventy-seven, and then he came back March 9th, nineteen eighty-seven. So he lost to Jimmy Young. He he lost to Jimmy Young, Jimmy Young in nineteen seventy-seven. And then he came back in 1987, and he won, like, 10-plus fights in a span of, <laughs> like, three years in a row. And then he lost to Evander Holyfield, and then rattled off a bunch, and then, and then rattled off a bunch, and then lost to Tommy Morris in RIP from uh, Tommy Gunn from Rocky Five. Won a bunch and then lost to Shannon Briggs. So, like, he lost to three really good fighters and beat everyone else. So, man, good on you, Oscar De La Hoya, though. Maybe you can pull it off. Did Ben Askren, did he say this is going to be his highest payday ever in his career? I don't think he's come out and officially said it to us. Okay, I haven't it, seen it anywhere else. Do you know, Mike? Or are we kind of assuming it is? <laughs> oh, it's it's... It's no doubt about it. Okay, why else yeah. would he do it? Yeah, because that's what I'm wondering too. Like, how how silly is this game of prize fighting where these these A level MMA fighters are making their biggest paydays fighting celebrity boxing matches? I just like and same with Eddie. I wonder if I wonder if Eddie potentially can make more from this than he did when he fought you no know, Connor or MSG. I mean, it's just it's just wild. <laughs> yeah. I do not get this sport after working it for 15 years. It still shocks me. <laughs> I wonder what I was thinking about this last night. I wonder what fighters like Floyd Mayweather, where their whole career was based on how much money they can draw. And now all of a sudden they're seeing people coming out of retirement, fighting YouTube stars and making like an insane amount of money. Like we saw him do it with tension, but that wasn't like a YouTube pay-per-view on Triller or anything like that. And I know Mayweather has the whole deal with Showtime, but like, Someone in the YouTube comments was like, Mayweather, De La Hoya, too. And I was like, honestly, that'd probably sell a ton of money. <laughs> if, yeah. if, De La, if De La Hoya like, just like rolls through Eddie, I could see that happening. I oh, mean, he'll have to like, like know, the, knock out Eddie like, within three rounds or something. Or like, super do you good, remember yeah. when Manny Pacquiao was going to fight Conor McGregor in the Middle East for like COVID charity? Remember they announced that? And then it kind of fell apart. Like, Why wouldn't they try to do De La Hoya Pacquiao? Like, just slot in De La Hoya instead of Conor. You just mentioned Connor and Charity. That's true. Well, I was setting us up. <laughs> I, I was setting us up. Anyway. Setting it up, yeah. <laughs> just give me a so give give the fans a softball right there. All right. A segue. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Hey, Floyd's 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 dance card's a little full. We just need a date. He's supposed to fight Logan mm -hmm. Paul in a in another blockbuster. I heard that wasn't happening. Oh, oh my god, I forgot about that. Jeez, I forgot that was a I thing. I heard that wasn't was happening anymore. It's not happening at all. I know they postponed it for some reason, but I heard it was. I, I had heard rumors it wasn't happening, and then we saw Floyd and Saki Bar and Dana on that tweet, and I was like, something's in the works with something. So I have no idea, but that Logan Paul thing doesn't interest me whatsoever. But it is what it is. Make a bunch of money. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Okay. Let's talk about MMA. MMA now. <laughs> Jeff Ballo on Twitter, auto heart record, at auto heart record. My question is, if Connor gets all riled up and becomes early era mad dog McGregor, no more Mr. Nice Guy, LOL, and still loses to Dustin, then what? In terms of persona, future matchmaking, et cetera. 
Well, if he loses to Dustin, regardless of his persona, is going to be a huge blow. Uh, because at the end of the day, you got to win. Um, Mike, what do you think? If Con, if we if we get early Eric McGregor, like Mister Balo says on Twitter right here, uh, what would what would be the big, what would be the 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 fallout from McGregor going losing the trilogy fight to Dustin? I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, we saw early Eric McGregor lose to Nate Diaz, and then he got it back and became an even bigger star. So, I mean. I think he just fights Nate either way. Like if he if he loses, he can just fight Nate. Unless Nate beats Leon Edwards, which the odds don't favor that happening. And you know, looking at it right now, I don't see Nate beating Leon Edwards either. So if Connor loses, he could just go fight Nate, and that fight will do monster numbers anyway. So I don't. I, it will be a crushing blow towards title hopes, at least at this point in his career. But he will still have some big fights, definitely in his radar no doubt about it. Like he could fight Nate, you know, if, if Mazadal loses to, to Usman, there's always a way to make that fight. Cause Mazadal lost two straight. I mean, there's still options for Connor to draw and have big fights. It just, you know, him fighting for titles anytime soon. will just be out of the equation. I mean, you could just look at it and just be convinced that Dustin's just the better fighter if he wins again. And I think people can understand that. It won't be like some fans will just think McGregor will say McGregor sucks and all this stuff. He just talks crap all the time and yada, yada, yada. But I think Dustin will gain a lot more than Connor will lose. If that makes any sense. I got you. I have a, I have a theory too, but Casey, let's get your thoughts too. Well, I think that the main difference um, uh, when you're talking about the Nate Diaz loss or whatever is that that was, a one loss losing streak. You know, if you lose, I mean, this would be two losses in a row if he loses to Dustin. And one thing that we're seeing too is we finally saw Dust, I mean, we finally saw Connor get knocked out cold. Like in his previous, like when he lost to Mayweather and when he lost to Nate, you know, he got, he got, he got the standing TKO. So we never got to see, you know, McGregor out flat and, um, you know, Nate choked him out and everything. So, so when I think what Dustin did to him, he kind of really smashed that illusion of you know invincibility, in the sense of at least stand-up wise, it's like oh well he's he's not even the best stand-up fighter, and if he loses again to Dustin um, in July, I mean I'm sure it's gonna be by knockout too. I mean God, that has to hurt Connor. I mean I I just don't I mean I, I mean of course he's I mean you can he can still main event him forever, you know just off his name but like is he still going to be conor mcgregor if he loses again and i just don't see that i think now he'll just be seen as a guy that used to be this giant star and you know now he's still a big star but i just you know i just don't think it's gonna be the same if he especially if he loses the same way this time happy i think no happy matter conor or mad conor because that's what the question I is actually about I think winner. I think if Connor loses, fans are still going to think he's invincible because I post whatever I post about Dustin or Nate. They're all Connor stancing. Oh, like Connor's ability to make the people that beat him sound scared is unbelievable. Like he goes, oh, because like they were because he lost by TKO. He got his face punched in after getting his legs kicked out from under him, and Connor spun that into 
You shot on me first. You were on your back leg. You kicked me in the leg, and that and I wasn't ready, and I got punched. Like you're the coward. You didn't meet me in the center of the ring. That's what Connor's <laughs> saying. Connor has spun this narrative that oh, I could have beaten Nate, but he shot on me. Oh, Habib beat me, but he shot on me and took me down. He didn't fight like a man. Go read Connor's tweets. He's like you. I had you on your back legs. That's why it's like you were backing up to the fence, and fans were like. Yeah, that's right, Connor. You're not a man. You didn't meet Connor in the center of the ring. It's so bizarre to me. It's so, so bizarre. I be- think yeah. the, the only thing that so. can happen, like Connor, needs to get knocked dead, knocked dead in the center of the ring by a punch, because then if he gets head kicked, he's like, "Oh, you didn't fight him in, like a gentleman. You threw kicks. You who throws <laughs> kicks? You are mixing your martial arts. How dare exactly. you, sir? How it's dare so you? Weird. So in in a in a world where in in a world where the world makes sense, Connor losing the third fight is a detriment. But Connor's ability to spin the narrative that we've seen lately, I don't think will hurt him whatsoever. Because I have friends who only watch Connor fights, and they still think Habib like he beats Habib any rematch because he was his foot was a balloon and he wasn't ready and habib was a coward and grappled him like they're like this narrative that you have to stand only punch in mma is tomfoolery uh, also i think if dustin wins and nate wins they fight without a doubt because that's a money fight they don't need a belt on that if nate beats Leon edwards Dustin beats Connor. There's already the seed of dissension there. They're talking all kinds of greasiness to each other. And I think at this point, Dustin just wants big money fights. Nate wants big money fights. That's a fight. You don't need a title on the line to headline a pay-per-view. Or Nate could go fight Jorge Masvidal again. But I think, honestly, Dustin coming off a Connor win makes him a bigger deal than Masvidal beating Camaro, if that makes sense. Because I also think they would just do the trilogy with Camaro if Jorge wins. Maybe. Sucks for the, Maybe. And that Maybe. sucks for Steven Thompson, unfortunately. Who? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. Mr. Nice Guy. Exactly. Get nowhere. All right. Uh, double question. Two right. questions. I, who, who sent this one? I oh, can't wait. see. It's cut off. Uh, there you go. Can you and then another one from MG2K20. This one on the site. So two questions. McGregor had a 168-day turnaround between him losing and Nate. The first time... And then beating him. If the trilogy fight with Poirier, spelled Poirier, a little odd, okay, goes ahead as planned, <laughs> there'll be a 167-day turnaround when he lost him. We have seen him make the adjustment before in a similar time frame. Do you think he can do it again? Uh, Mike, I'll start with you we'll, before we get to the second question. Uh, Connor, quick turn. This is an interesting question uh, because the we saw Connor beat Cowboy, but we all kind of agree Cowboy coming off of three straight stoppage like not just stoppage losses but cowboy got stopped violently and three straight fights loses to connor cowboy eventually said like his head wasn't even there took a year off and you can't take a year off and then fight dustin pretty much uh but this quick turnaround that and mmg 2k20 does lay it out and i say it all the time like i base a lot of my opinions off of what we've seen it's like so history repeats itself this is an interesting question. Can Connor, on a quick turnaround, be a completely different fighter from the first fight? Can he? Sure. He can. Will he? That's a different question. I mean, we're going to see a different guy. We're going to say, hey, oh. Jose now has long hair and is a, <laughs> a, <silhouette. laughs> is a shadow. He's a silhouette of himself. Uh, listen, I think he's going to be a different fighter. I think he's going to make adjustments. He'll be in a better place than he was in January, more than likely. But... 
that doesn't mean he's going to win the fight. I mean, Dustin's got a lot of confidence right now. And, you know, I don't know how you can change that much in that amount of time. Like he'll be able to change some, but Dustin, I mean, confidence is everything. When you have momentum that can carry you a long way in this sport. And Dustin's got all of it right now. He's got all of it. Like Connor had it heading into the first fight because, or into the second fight, excuse me, because of how the first fight went. But now Dustin has all the momentum, all of it. So, yeah, I mean, if anybody could do it, it's Connor. He's been able to do it throughout his career, and an active Connor is seemingly a more dangerous Connor. So, this is a big test for him. Like, we'll see where he's at. Like, all the, I'm not going to say there were excuses, but all the narratives that came out of that fight the long layoff, the drama with the UFC, he wanted to have the season in 2020, but only fought once. Like, dealing with all that, the emotional roller coaster that that relationship seems to have between Connor and Dana in the UFC, like, all that's out the window now. Like, you got to fight in short time with this in a rematch with the guy who just beat you. You got exactly what you wanted. So, I feel like we're going to see. I don't know if we're going to see the best McGregor, but we're going to see a better McGregor than we saw in January. But will that be enough? I don't know. We'll see. The odds makers seem to think it will be because Connor's a slight favorite right now. But we'll see. I think Connor will will be better, but Dustin will probably be better too. Casey, what say you? Um, no, not enough time. Um, Dustin will win this in the same the same manner. But pay your seventy bucks. So when I was on Fight Island, there was a lot going on that week. Obviously, Connor came in on a yacht. He had to quarantine for two, 48 hours. Uh, there was a F1 track zipping around the entire time. This fight will be in Las Vegas, as it was announced today, in the T-Mobile Arena. Sold out, what, 20,000 fans. <clears throat> so if this is a normal fight week with everything in it and Connor doesn't have to, like, um, quarantine... 48 hours and this and that. And this is as close to normal as we can get. I'm very curious because there was a lot going on that week. Connor came in on the yacht. He wanted to quarantine on the yacht. They didn't let him. He had to come in. It was a whole, it was a lot of, it was a circus <laughs> for both men to be fair. So this wasn't just a Connor thing, but Dustin was proactive and came out like seven days early. So he, he was there for the entire week. Connor got there like 72 hours before the fight. Um, so he acclimatized. I'm very curious to see if, like, normal fight week McGregor will become the new anomaly, like C-level Kane and uh, motivated BJ. And what were the other? There was a, a new one that popped up, too. Yeah. I can't oh, oh, bald, I, bald Brian Ortega. Bald Brian Ortega. That's right. Uh, <laughs> there are a few of them, yeah. Max with hairs, another, or Max with hairs, another one with, like, the beard and everything. Or bearded Max. Uh, so, yeah, I'm curious uh, what goes on. Can he do it again? He could. I still favor Dustin. Uh, but anyway. Dude, the Connor, I'm I'm also, the Connor mythology is so amazing. It's just so amazing because we're – and the, you're, you're right, Jose. Like, But we're seriously going, you know what? Maybe Connor would do better if he didn't have to worry about parking his yacht all week. <laughs> like, yep. like, like, yes, like, it's like, how can you, how can you fight, uh, 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 you know, Dustin Poirier when you're too busy worrying about, you know, your yacht, you know, yacht problems. Yep. And yeah, yeah. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also curious what like the world is going to look like then in terms of like travel and everything. Like, will 
all the Irish fans come over and come out True. full force like they typically do for a Conor McGregor Vegas fight because he feeds off that energy. It's like a whole different atmosphere in there when, when that happens. So not saying that makes all the difference in the world, but I mean, if Conor feels like, you know, his rise to his first championship all over again, like what will that do to him from a mental perspective? So there's, there's just different – Jose made great points about – that whole fight week and being on fight Island and Abu Dhabi and things being different than it was the first trip in July and all that, like there's different factors heading in. We'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the third fight. I'm real. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm beyond excited. Let's also get <laughs> yeah. there first. Cause as I always Hell say, yes. nothing's official. <laughs> Nothing is official until they're, they are inside the octagon. Because remember we were go- segue. Remember when we were supposed to see Volkanovski and Ortega at UFC 260? That didn't happen, and that was like the week of the fight, which will segue us to the second question from MMG 2K20. If Volkanovski Ortega is happening end of year after they shoot tough, that would be the title not being defended for no, for one and a half years. Holy crap! I had not even thought about that. Should Max get an interim title shot? That way, if Max and Volkanovski win a champ versus champ storyline, would be another way to sell the trilogy fight, especially with Max 0-2 down. Wow, I had not even thought about the featherweight division being held up for a year and a half. Because, yeah, that makes... Yeah, because when's the last time Volkanovski fought? Last July? Against Max? On Fight Island? Yeah. Wow, I had not even thought about that. That was not even... Because in my mind, they're still fighting in a week. Volkanovski and Ortega. Mike, do we need another? In, do we need an interim title at 145 pounds? Absolutely not. And the reason why he didn't fight since July of last year is because there was no number one contender. He's been waiting for so long to have somebody else besides Max Holloway to fight. I talked to him probably in August or September. We were still waiting on things to happen. We were waiting on Zabit. He was supposed to fight Yair Rodriguez. That fight didn't happen. We had to wait all the way until the Korean zombie versus Brian Ortega fight to actually have like a high level featherweight fight. Like we had cater cater had a good year in 2020. He beat Jeremy Stevens then he beat Danny gay in July, but we, like he still probably need like another win. And then we found out cater was fighting Max Holloway. So kind of looking at what happened between them, we, we still had to wait for those questions to be answered. Like if Calvin cater had beat Max Holloway, cater would probably be the one fighting for the title instead of, I mean, who knows? Who knows what would have happened with that situation? So it was a matter of getting the right contender up because one, we're in a pandemic and two, the featherweight division, at least in the top five, weren't seeing a lot of movement there. So plus Volkanovsky, it's not like Volkanovsky didn't have a fight booked and was like, I want more money, pay me and then I'll fight somebody. He got a fight. He just caught COVID, a really bad case of it. Like if you go on his YouTube page, he goes through everything and it's just gnarly hearing what this man has had to go through and is probably still going through in a way right now. So I don't think you can, you can necessarily do an interim. I mean, you, I guess you could, if you wanted to build storyline, but it'd be kind of silly at this point, especially in this division where we finally have a contender and it took so long to get there. It just, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And the more I think about, like the more I think about it while you're answering that question, these two coaching tough makes no sense to me. Hey, there's no beef. <laughs> Like, that's the whole point of Tubbs to get, like, it's like a high-pressure situation, and you get these two rivals, and they're trying to get people tune in for the the drama that they can sell, like the TJ Cody, Claudia, Joanna, John Jones, Chael. Uh, these guys are two very nice individuals, 
that and it, again, like you said, holds up the division. If and Alex is coming off a severe bout with COVID, and now you're going to put him in a room with a bunch of fighters for a long period of time, like yes, he's probably going to be recovered and this and that, but a year and a half of no featherweight title fights is that sucks. That brings me back to like the Connor days of like all these weird interim titles and everything. Casey, what say you? Do we need an interim title of featherweight? Oh yeah, I love interim titles. I have no mm-hmm. issue. I have no issue with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I would um, I would pull Ortega from Tough and just do Max versus Ortega for for the interim, and just and just throw Tough down the toilet. <laughs> Say so in this world where th- that doesn't happen, and they're still coaching Tough. Who do you put against? We all agree, Max. If there's for an Max? interim title, Max is a side. Who's he? Who's he fighting um, for a, an interim title? I mean, if you do it, if you turn it around real fast, then I'll do Max versus Korean Zombie. But uh, I know Zombie is matched up against Dan Ige, so I would do Max yeah. versus the winner of Zombie versus Ige. But you have to wait a little while, you know, work out, you know, if any injuries come out from the winner of that. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> yeah, that's what I would do. Otherwise, um, if you would just want to run it as soon as possible, um, Max versus Zabit, you know, if he's yeah. around. Yeah, and, uh, I, think I think that's I think, the fight. Yeah, I think that sells his interim. And um, yeah. They got Mike Heck shaking his head. Oh, I mean, you are anti-fun. I not disagree with you more. Why? You don't like interim belts? The beat's not going to get it. The beat's not going to get it. And the idea of a number one contender. We have we have Masvidal fighting. Uh, uh, he's not the number one contender. He's fighting next week or whatever. So there's no such thing as a number one contender. It's just like first whatever. of all. First of all, Masvidal is one of the biggest draws in the sport. Second of all, the champion called him out. So there's there's your second point. That fight will sell no matter what. Well, that's what I'm saying. But he's not the more contender. You're, they're you're just gonna, sell, they're just trying to make money. It's just it's just it's, that's all it is. I mean, yeah. It's, it's and Zabit is a Zabit's going to sell a million pay per views after after having not fought since November of 2019. But that's he not hasn't my even concern. Five round main event yet. That's not my concern. My concern is just moving the featherweight division along. That's all my concern is. I don't care. I don't make I don't make an extra hundred k if if the, if the pay per view. Arnold well. Allen. Arnold Allen deserves that shot more than Zabit right now, if we're being Max, honest after that it, one. Max Holloway versus Arnold know. Allen. Do it. I don't care. As long as the division keeps moving. That's all I care about. I don't make I don't make it extra money if the pay-per-view sells. I just want it will move, but this Max is, versus but this is not Volkanovsky's fault. It's not Volkanovsky's fault. This is not no, like Bantamweight. Not. Like Bantamweight's in a whole different predicament right now. Wait, wait, like, but and the, what the, I wish they would what I wish they would do is say, hey, Volkanovsky Ortega, chill out. You guys can prepare for your fight whenever. We're going to get new coaches. We're going to get Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling in to be the coaches. Oh, yes. That'd be that so much better. It it, we're in the same, we're in the same predicament. I mean, that yeah, should have been what it is. Because because also, Aljamain's recovering from neck surgery while he's coaching tough. So, like, he's on the shelf there, and Volkanovski and Ortega can just fight. In July, maybe the co-main event of not. I don't want to put a title on the co-main event of a non-title fight. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Mike. Should have been Yon. Should have been Sterling Yon. Oh, if we were talking event. tough, I mean, I said flush tough down the toilet because tough screws up everything. So right. Yeah, but I guess it just checks all the boxes. Like we're reco- like champion can't fight for a few months, recovering from neck surgery. The drama's there. Two very good co- teams, ATT and the Sarah Longo and uh, Eric Nixon of uh, Extreme. So all of those are there. You got you can get a you can get weeks of Matt Sarah on television <laughs> and Ray Longo just yelling at fighters. 
Uh, you get the ATT guys. Uh, I'm sure Mazidal would make an appearance. Uh, Dustin Poirier would probably make an appearance because they're all ATT. I agree, Mike. It should have been that, but it's not. We're here, and it doesn't make any sense to me the more I think about it. Volkanovsky has been the ultimate company man the whole mm-hmm. time. Like he's never done anything to make the UFC like not trust him or question him. Like he's done everything right. Like and I'm not saying that the interim booking interim title will penalize yeah, Volkanovsky. Yeah, what am I taking? What am I taking away from Volkanovsky? I'm not. I'm not. I'm confused. I'm not taking away anything from Volkanovsky. He's 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 on the shelf. So I say run interim. Yep. It doesn't take anything away from Volkanovsky. At all, but like 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 I said earlier, like if they did it fine, like it wouldn't surprise me. We've seen worse interim title fights booked, but I don't think I just don't think there's a need for one here. You know what I mean? Like you can use tough to build it, like whatever. Who cares? Like the fight is what it is. If tough gets like gets us an extra ten thousand pay per view buys, great, good for the fighters. They get a couple extra bucks, but I don't know. I think there's yeah. divisions that probably need an interim title fight more than featherweight does. I agree. The, and also, if you if you look back at all the interim titles we've had, it's mostly because. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's never been because the champion is coaching the ultimate fighter. It's always been they're hurt. They can't get to the United States, you know. Something like GSP Blue is AC, look, what is it, ACL. Uh, I guess Feather, and then what, they, they created belts for headliners, like when Pettis fought 
Holloway. They just needed a title at the top. So they just made one. <laughs> they didn't need the featherweight interim title because Jose Aldo had just won it at UFC 200 or had won what, UFC 200, right? The in, a belt or number one contender or something. And then they just needed a belt that night. So they just created it. And the winner would fight Jose Aldo. So <sighs> I don't like interim titles. I don't like tough. I just want them to fight in August or June. Oh, Ooh. I want to say interim titles so these gentlemen get paid more because these guys – um, has you know, I think is they have bad contracts, so they their but contracts are all based around they get, are, are based they get around more money coaching tough too. <laughs> mm. So so the end of they don't they don't get that much they don't get that much. At the end of the day, fighters just need more money. There we yes. go. It all comes back to that. Yes. Garnold Allen and Max. So that's a fun fight. Uh, I'm going to the I'm going to the YouTube comments real quick. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. The YouTubes. High friends vibe is high. What does that mean, Jessica? I don't know. Weirdo. Friends uh, vibe is high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the big one. Which fight? Which is the biggest fight this week? So what do we we got? UFC Vegas twenty. Is it twenty four? Right? Something like that. I get yep. all confused. UFC Vegas 24, Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gaslam. Finally, we got one championship. Who is... Wow. I just wrote these down. And Christian, I exited out of my Christian Lee. Christian Lee. And who's he fighting? Nasty Ukin. Oh, that's right. Oof, that fight rules so much. Uh, and then we have one... Ch we, got, blah, we got Bellator 257. That's uh, Vadim Nemkov and Phil Davis, Davis too. too. Yep. Uh, and then we got and Corey Anderson Jake versus Paul. the other guy with a really long name. Yes. And I'm not going to, I'm not pronounced. I'm not saying it because I don't know him. I just don't want to butcher his name and I'll feel bad for the rest of the week. Uh, if he wins, I'll learn to, sp I'll learn to say it. I've been trying to say it. My mouth just came, <laughs> put all those letters together. And then of course we got Jake Paul versus Ben Askren and of course, Frank Mears on the undercard as well. Oh yeah. A whole bunch okay. of other weird fights. Anyway, Mike, if you can only watch one fight, you can only, starting tonight because one one on TNT two is tonight in America. If you can only watch one in the next seven days, which fight are you watching? <sighs> this is such an interesting question. It just depends on how you look at it. Like, I would say for like my job, for like outside of my job, for casual fans who want to talk to me about fighting. And just because I want to see it, because it's such a circus in the most fun way possible, it's it's Paul versus Askren. It just is. Like, I'm not thrilled about saying those words out loud, but it's just, it's the correct answer. It's my answer. <laughs> it's that fight. Because that's what everyone's, everyone's going to be talking about for, like, the next week. So that's the one. I just, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm curious. And when I have no idea what's going to happen in something, that's usually the answer. So I'm, I'll go with that. But... All those other fights you mentioned are really good and really interesting, but it's got to be the boxing match. Okay, so you picking Bellator? Of all the fighters fighting this weekend, Nimkov is the best fighter. So someone who actually cares about... Do you think he's better than Robert Whitaker? Do you think he's better than Robert Whitaker? In his weight class? I mean, for ranking, no, just class? pound for pound rankings. Would you oh, put? Oh, I'm not gonna do pound do for pound, think, but, 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 but ranked fine. within, ranked within his division. 
Well, he's the champion, so of course he's like no one's I, higher than him. Well, I'm talking about I'm talking about worldwide. Like worldwide, I would have Nimkov, yeah, about even with Whitaker. Uh, worldwide, like where Whitaker would be in the worldwide middleweight rankings. He's where, and where Whit- Nimkov Whitaker would, would be. probably be in my in, I, Whitaker's number two behind Izzy in my mind. I, I have is, him behind. Is, I have him behind Musasi though. Musasi, okay. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't no, don't talk bad about Musasi. It's two A, two B to me. <laughs> and I think Nimkov's that good too, and that's why I'm really excited about him fighting Phil Davis again. I didn't see the first match. I remember when Phil Davis lost to Nimkov. I just saw the highlights. I was like, oh, Phil Davis must be falling off. He lost to some guy I've never heard of, you know. And it turns out, no, he lost to freaking Nimkov. You no, know, this guy we just didn't know how good he was at the time when he beat Phil Davis. So I'm really interested in the rematch. I think Phil Davis is. I think he's the most underrated light heavyweight in the world. He's still easily a top 10, and on his on his best days, he's a top 5 light heavyweight. So that's why I'm really excited about Nimkov Phil Davis. But, of course, the degenerate in me um, agrees with Mike Heck. <laughs> it's, 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 of, course, of, course, of course, it's the freak show match between this this total bro jock YouTube amateur boxer versus a retired UFC fighter who is literally the worst striker maybe ever to be like a ranked fighter in the UFC. Name, yep. name a worst striker ever in the UFC. And that's who's fighting in a boxing match after he's retired and after he has like a new robotic hip placed in or something. That guy that fought um, Ike on Fight Island, that threw the kick punch. What's oh, his name? A ranked the fighter? That, yeah. Uh, Oh no, he wasn't ranked. The one yeah, yeah. Corey was like, he threw a kick punch. You can't throw a kick yeah. punch in a fight. Well, that, 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 I mean, and, and like this, and like that's what I me mean, Askren. I think is, actually, I think Askren yeah, is yeah. such an underrated MMA fighter. I think people, you know, just look at his last, you know, two fights. He goes, oh, he got submitted. Yeah, UFC. And, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. But I think Askren was an amazing MMA fighter. But he is literally the worst striker ever to have a ranked number by his name in the UFC ever. Fair, I mean, fair play. Yeah. And I just, and of course, that's a fight I want to see. Because, like, that fight makes no sense. <laughs> now, what, I paid 70 bucks to see it? I don't know. That's a different story. But. Yeah. It's uh, based off of this week, though, this past weekend. Celebs cross going into a different world was very interesting this past weekend. Uh, we had, of course, at WrestleMania. We had Bad Bunny, who was apparently the greatest wrestler who ever lived. That was and pretty then, good. He was pretty good. And then, Lo- and then Logan Paul, who sold a stunner better than 50% of the world could sell a stunner. So, yeah, it was an interesting day for uh, celebs jumping into another world they're not part of. But, uh, oh, I hate to agree with you guys, but I have to agree <laughs> with you. Just being at that press conference, I like, because I was at that whatever you want to call it, press thing, I was like, <laughs> crap, I have to watch this now, don't I? Like, I am in. You got me. But I will say there are a lot of interesting storylines on these next few, on the UFC Bellator 1 cards. Because we got, of course, Andre Arlovsky, Chase Sherman. That fight, is there, that fight is happening, right? Am yep. I crazy? Okay, I was just trying to remember. I'm like, I know those two have a fight. Are they against each other? Jakar Close, Jeremy Stevens, Rules. Uh, Tracy Cortez and um, Anthony Burchak are also fighting on the prelims. Two uh, fighters that represent... Uh, um, Arizona, they fly the Arizona flag very high. And Casey, you always bring him up in our fantasy matchmaking. 
Alexander Romanov returns on the preliminary yes. card this weekend. He's oh. fighting Juan Espino. I hate that fight. Juan Espino is so, so handsome. He's so handsome. I don't want him Juan to get beat Espino, up. If you watch, I love looking at that man. We have the clip out there. You see on Fight Island, they put the hats on the table for like fighters to wear if they want. Uh-huh. And he puts he he sits down and he puts the hat on and then he keeps adjusting and adjusting. He has the hat literally on the last clip and he puts it on and it just sits on his head like this. Like it won't. <laughs> He can't, can't get go it down. on his head. His head is so big. <laughs> and then on the Bellator card, no one's talking about it because it's and it's unfortunate. Is this not Paul Daly's retirement fight? Oh yeah, I saw that. I forgot. I didn't even realize Paul Daly was on this card. And that's a tough fight. Paul Daly's fight. fighting Saba Hamazi, and I yeah. think Paul Daly's gonna crush him. I think so too. I think Paul Daly's gonna walk away with a W. And this this is his last. Julian Butts also on this card. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Raymond Daniels is on this. Oh card. yeah, the rematch. Car- the, 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 the nut shot of all nut shots. They're rematching it. Yeah. Pedro Carvalho is on the, Pedro Carvalho is all the way on the prelims of this card. Dude. Dude. Saul Rogers is Saul, Saul Rogers fighting Mads Burnell on this card. This fight card is so good. <laughs> and no one's talking about it. JJ it's and like J the, and Carvalho's fighting JJ Wilson. He's a legit prospect, too. I like JJ Wilson. He's dude, really it's good. A, it's a scrap. And then of course you like Al Abdul Razak Al Hassan's on on the uh, UFC card, Violent Bob Ross returns. Uh, it's uh, Jessica Penne versus Lupita is going to go down on this card too. So it's uh, Austin Hubbard is the guy that who did he, who's he, he's he's the one that made that guy quit on the stool, right? Max Roshkoff. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So lots of interesting storyline for probably the diehards, but you know Jake Paul Benasco is going to get all the eyeballs. Of course. Of course, we're so. We're, we're, what's wrong with us? We have all also, these. We have, we have all these amazing lifelong martial artists at the pinnacle of the sport, facing each other in the octagon, in the Bellator cage, in the one cage. But it's like, nah, let's watch this YouTube guy versus a retired guy. <sighs> also, because you brought it up, Casey, Tapology not has worldwide like heavyweight rankings i'm assuming these are based off of like fan interactions yeah i don't quite know how tapology rankings work they have nemkov the 17th best light heavyweight in the world oh no no I don't their, their rankings are way off they're ranking yeah because they're all fan yes. rankings yeah like like douglas lima isn't even the top 10 in Walter weights like Musashi's like ranked like outside the top ten too, so don't yeah their rankings yeah are um yeah it's he it's, is it's right all, above, it's all popularity based he's right above Paul Craig and he's below <laughs> Jamal Hill. <laughs> there you Good go. God, I don't right, hate so, the top five though. Jan Glover, Dom Ratchik, and Jiri. I'd probably I would throw Vadim in the top five, but I don't have any issue with that top five either. Anyway. Yeah, that's when, once you get past top five, then it gets really, yeah, really bad. Um, right. Magomed and Goliath sitting at seven, though. Uh, I saw the, I saw this comment. I just I I, I liked it. What <laughs> joke did you ruin? I don't uh, know. Grant? I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm interested though. But but thank you. I appreciate that. Mike, what's your favorite Jurassic Park? Based off of this YouTube commenters, handsome boy. Oh, the, ori- the original. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The original. I agree. Julia Chuggerman says, handsome boy. Crew. Yeah. Damn straight. Ah, oh, look at this. Handsome boys. Um, here we go. A little bit back Joseph to Connor. Boza. Is this whole Connor versus Dustin thing just a publicity stunt to make us buy UFC 264? UFC 257 did 1.6 million buys because that card rocked. 
Um, when I first saw this going down, I was a. I could see arguments from both men because Connor's like, "Well, you didn't tell me where my five hundred half a million was going." So if I'm a businessman, I get it, but I'm not a businessman. So if you if you publicly say you're going to announce, you're going to give half a million, and then you don't, that's bad optics. Also, because didn't Habib give promise in the cage, and then like eight days later, gave a hundred k to Dustin's camp after selling his shirt. Like it was a quick turnaround, and there was like he he did it, he he came through with it, and then Dana I think matched him. So, oh, I hated. It. I was in the middle of moving when all this was going down, so I wasn't following it live. Our our good colleague Alex Savis uh, was the one making all the Twitter graphics and controlling all this, and it seems really weird and gross to me. But Mike, what was your first th- first reactions when you were seeing all of this play out? Of the plan for those, and for those of you that live on a rock, apparently Dustin Poirier and Connor, well, not apparently, Dustin Poirier and Connor came to an agreement that Connor would donate $500,000 to the Good Fight Foundation, which is Dustin Poirier's charity, uh, after their fight at UFC 257 in January. Connor McGregor made a prediction that he would front kick Eddie Alvarez and finish him in the, re- in the trilogy fight. Dustin Poirier said, That's a cool prediction. You also predicted you would give our foundation 500K, and then your camp went silent. Connor then went. Connor then said, "Well, you didn't tell me where it was going to go. I'm not just going to give you 500k without knowing where this money is going." Uh, and then he, they were going back and forth. Obviously, it drummed up a lot of interest in the fight. But is this all a publicity stunt, Mike? I don't know if we'll go as far as publicity stunts, but it turned into something that you know created more heat. Connor seems to be more excited. He's you know, sent a message to Ariel today saying, I signed my bout agreement. I'm going to kick this guy's ass, something to, to, to that effect. But listen, we got, we got more heat on it now. You know, this is not, you know, the nice guy McGregor. We're not going to see a bunch of guys trading, you know, chari- charitable donations and hot sauce up at the press conference. <laughs> We're going to see a bunch of guys trading insults and, Maybe some, uh, maybe some pushing and shoving up at the press conference when they face off. There's not going to be arms around each other posing for pictures at the ceremonial weigh-ins. There's going to be some heat, or there's going to be some heat on this one. There's going to be some sizzle on the steak. So, any way to get attention brought to the fight? Yeah, I don't know if it was like a complete publicity stunt, but I think it was a bad look for everybody involved. That was a bad look for you know conceptually for Connor because now his character is being called into question. It's bad look for Poirier putting it out to the public. And I, 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 I truly believe that by the time this fight happens, I don't know if cooler heads will prevail, but the 500,000 will go to the good fight foundation. I'm, I I know for a fact, like, I'm not gonna say no for a fact, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that this will all be settled from the donational standpoint, but cool we get we got we got more heat on a fight i i don't like the direction they've they've taken to get there but the fight's more interesting now casey what were your, your initial reaction to the tomfoolery that played out on twitter dustin poirier has a legitimate um charity it's, it's like it's i don't know it's it's an it's like it's not like a fake charity it's an official charity like registered and all that crap mm-hmm. um connor connor said he was gonna pay pay up this isn't publicity. What do you think Dustin's going to just all of a sudden Dustin's like this hype man kind of like and just, you know, just throwing these. He's going to put his whole reputation out there of his charity and himself out there just to, you know, sell some more pay-per-views. I just don't think Dustin's that person. And if you are going to do a publicity thing, you do it, you do it like the week of. I don't know. Like you announce it at the, at the press conference. Hey, where's my money? You know, Connor, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I no, it's just Dustin. 
Dustin, Connor made a promise, and Dustin's like, hey, you know, what's going on? That's all. I don't, and then, yeah. I don't think it makes Dustin look bad. No, I'm just to play devil's advocate because I honestly don't have a horse in this race because I don't. Uh, and to be fair, none of us know the exact truth. This is all just like. But we, we know Connor theory. didn't pay the 500000 right? That's what they we have know, said. We know why, but we were not in any of the meetings. We, don't, we are not in any of the conversations. We're just not. So if Connor says, hey, I just want to know where this is going. If you can show, hey, I'm going to build 600 playgrounds and you have those plans in place, sure, I will give you $500,000. But if you're just say, hey, put $500,000 in this fund that we will use over the span of 10 years, maybe he just doesn't is not as comfortable doing that. Maybe he wants proof, <laughs> documented proof that that's, his. That's not a donation, do. then. That's not a donation. It's like that's fine. That's fine. And again, I'm playing devil's advocate because yeah. you weren't in the conversations. Mike wasn't in the conversation, and I wasn't in the conversation. None of us know what these conversations led to because I. What I forgot to say is, uh, Connor's manager, Adiatair, said that his family and Dustin's family had dinner together in Salt Lake, which Dustin did not dispute. Uh, so there were talks, and I. So I don't know where the miscommunication or where the dialogue fell apart. I don't know. None of us know. Uh, we have Dustin's side, and a lot of people hate Connor and hate the UFC, so they're going to join Dustin's side right out of the gate without even hearing the other side. There's a lot of Connor fans, as I said at the beginning, that Connor can do no wrong. He walks on water and can turn water into wine, and they immediately side with Connor. Turns water I'm into whiskey. Saying, whiskey. And I am saying I do not know what is going on because i wasn't there <laughs> in any of these conversations so i'm not going to try to guess if connor wants proof that he's going to build a million playgrounds then that's him it's his money it sucks and it's terrible optics and it's it's a charity that is a proven charity that the ufc gave justin an award for his charity yeah we, I mean, casey you and i were there when they filmed we didn't film it because they were they were shooting it for ufc uh fight pass so we couldn't film it uh but we were there we saw him get the plaque or the trophy or whatever it was. So we know it's happening. I just don't, we don't know. I don't like taking sides on an argument over Twitter A because I think that's silly and I'm an adult and I'm, I don't like taking sides in a social media feud. <laughs> I also don't understand people that respond to tweets and Instagram comments. I think that's silly too. Um, I don't know. I want to hear them talk about it in person rather than through the internet. Mike, it looks like you got something Look, to say. Look, there's... No, I mean, this is the this this comparison that popped into my head as this was going on has nothing to do with charity, but this is kind of like something that I, I thought of because some people are just like, yeah, you know, here I trust you. Here's the money. Go put it towards whatever you want. And there's some people who are just more cautious. Like, for instance, like my wife's boss, she works for she manages like a, a periodontal office, but her boss is into cars, so he owns like a small car dealership, and on my days off when there's nothing going on, if I'm available, like I will drive to different places and like pick up cars that he bought and drove and drive them back. So like sometimes, you know, we'll go and the, the deal will be done. And the guy's just like, yep, here's the keys. See you later. Safe travels. But on Thursday before between the links, I went down to the Boston area and picked up a car. The guy comes out full mask. Like the, the check had already cleared. It was already in his bank account, but the guy was so paranoid about like who was getting it. Like he needed to see our IDs. Like he needed to see everything. Like he wanted to take video of the car and like go around and, and check everything out. Like 
to make sure that like when it landed, like he wasn't responsible for any damage or anything like that. Like he was like super paranoid about everything. So instead of us going and picking up the car that her boss like already paid for, like we were there for an extra 45 minutes, like answering this guy's questions and him like going after, like some people are just like, they're more careful. They're more paranoid when it comes to this stuff. Like, and I understand that it's charity and stuff, but for Connor, like maybe he just wants to see where it is. And then on the other end, like Daniel Cormier was talking about this on Monday, like there's a there's a company that sponsors the wrestling team that he coaches and they travel and go on go on trips to to compete in wrestling tournaments and the guy who sponsored like never asked for an itemized receipt but they make sure they itemize like every dime of where that money is going and they send it to this guy because they're cautious on the other end so some people are just more cautious than others connor just wants all the information he wants you to see it he wants to make sure everything's official so i don't have an issue like I don't think either one is right here. Like both don't look great in the situation, but I understand where both are coming from. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, it's apples and oranges, it's cars and charity, but (laughs) some people are just more cautious and careful than others. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. And I think we can all agree that this whole thing of like Connor probably wants proof. Dustin Poirier, if I gave Dustin, if I had $500,000 and I gave Dustin Poirier that money to his charity, I am very confident. I am 100% confident that all of that will be used in that charity. Like, we can all agree with that, right? Like, Dustin is not right. going to be one that's going right. to take a cent of that for himself. Connor's just a weird 100%. dude. Connor is probably just a weird dude and just wants to know, okay? Like, that's probably the case. As he says, well, oh, listen, you must maybe be, you must be new tomorrow. Con- Connor to wants an itemized receipt for five hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars. But he he dropped over a million dollars for a watch that has two people humping on it. Yeah, he's <laughs> right. a, as I maybe, said, he's maybe, a weird dude. Maybe they agreed, but like we, this money is going to go towards you know building a gym. I think that's what it was. It was like building a gym in the area. So maybe he just wants to like make sure that. It is building a gym. Like, it's something he believed in. Like, I don't see any, like, I don't see a huge what, what, problem with it. What, I th- the problem I du- have. Where, where did Dustin mess the, up? Where did Dustin mess up? Putting it I out. Think, I, I didn't, I don't think putting it out in public was a good idea. I agree. Now, the, what, agree what, what, what Connor, what makes Connor look bad in this situation isn't the fact that the donation hasn't been made yet. I don't think there's, sometimes things take time. So I don't have a huge giant issue with that whole situation because I feel like it's going to get done at some point and that's half the battle. The problem I have with the whole tweets, and again, like Jose said, we don't know what happened. The fact that Dustin's team has reached out to Connor and he was quote unquote ghosted, like they're not getting any response. Like that's, that's where I have the issue. And again, I don't know what the hell is happening. I don't know if there was ghosts. I don't know if there were messages same. But the fact that if that's true, if what we are to believe on Twitter is actually the case, them not responding to the messages is what I have an issue with. Yes, because for all we know, Casey, they were trying to send itemized receipts. And they just couldn't reach Connor's team. Maybe that is true. We Again, but again, we don't know, and I don't want to take sides until I know all of the so- all the all of the facts. I also hate arguments playing out on Twitter between grown men that fistfight. <laughs> like, like, I hate that on. we're talking about this. Shouldn't it have. It was either we talk about this or Paul it, Askren, it's, so it's a lose lose situation. I don't think it's a publicity stunt either. No, it is not publicity, publicity stunt. stunt. No. But I do think Connor is taking advantage of the situation and making it a publicity stunt, which is 100%. There you go. 100%. Opportunistic Connor. Oh, yeah. And he never loses. 
<laughs> opportunistic Connor. <laughs> All right, all right. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, here's a uh, here's a fun one. <laughs> Let's talk fighter pay. Oh, great! <laughs> Another one from MMG Two K Twenty. Has John Jones made a mistake vacating the light heavyweight title before negotiating a contract for him to fight a heavyweight? Also, though I agree, all fighters should get paid way more than they do. Why are fighters signing contra- contracts in the first place if they are not satisfied with the money? Surely it makes sense to ask for more money before signing a legally binding contract. To answer the second one, Casey, I have a fight. You're going to play a fighter that wants more money. So when I offer you the money, you're going to try to get more money out of me, okay? Uh, Casey, here's a contract for $5,000. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. How much money are you making off this? Uh, no, you have to sign this oh. contract if you want to fight in my company. Well, not if you're do making. You want more, do you are you asking for more money? Yeah, if you're if you're making fifty thousand oh, okay, dollars off and you're making five thousand dollars, then we have a problem. Oh, so you you want more than five thousand, Mike? Do you want this money that Casey doesn't want? Um. Yes. Yes, you yes, do because you yes. want to fight in the UFC. Oh, oh you scab! Casey, I'm hungry. You oh, scab. I'm a hungry newcomer. You <laughs> scab! Sign your union card, heck! Sign your union card. I'll take it. I'll take okay. it. Give me the. Give All me right, a Casey. pen. Casey, we tried to get you into. Oh, and by the way, uh, breaking news: uh, Casey lied and afraid to fight. Mike, heck, <laughs> real fighter wants to step up on short notice and take a fight. He's great, isn't he? His. His foot was blown up. His knee was torn ACL. We offered Casey the money. There's a million ways to turn down a fight, and not taking a fight is one of them. See, that's how that works. <laughs> anyway, should, is John Jones making a mistake by vacating the title before negotiating a contract to fight a heavyweight? Mike, I'll let you start. No, because he has money. <laughs> he has lots of it. So he, yeah. I mean, he could never fight again and be fine. So he's. He just happened. I mean, he's in a position where he can take this stand right now. Yeah. So good on him for taking it. And I think a lot of, and here's the problem because I go back to the Jimmy Flick interview, like Mm. with this whole thing and just hearing his reasons about it, like, and how he said, like fighters don't have the, the balls to unionize. They're too stupid to unionize and stuff like that. And like, it just it just kind of sucks, man. Like every every fighter should be should be getting more money. I think we can all agree agree with that. But I have no problem with the way John Jones is handling the situation. In fact, I I almost commend him for the way he's handling this situation. This is great. Like you have money, you have position, you have power. You you vacated the title, and you have the fans buzzing for a fight that everybody seems to want to see right now. So keep your feet in the damn dirt. Dig in. Dig in longer. I mean, you got time, you got money, you got things going on. Like, just wait till you get yours, son. I, I I applaud what he's doing right now. I think this is great. And I don't think it was a mistake at all that he vacated the light heavyweight title because 
what would he have done? He just would have, he would have had a light heavyweight title fight and we'd still be having these conversations later. He's just decided not to delay the inevitable and just do it now. Good on him. And he's doing a damn good job with it right now. Casey, is he making a mistake? John Jones. Uh, <clears throat> John Jones doesn't get enough credit for vacating the light heavyweight belt because he could have just held under that thing and then he could have just made that division completely stagnant and Jan Blachowicz would not had would not had this time to become Jan Blachowicz the the the, the Polish power champion. So I really commend John Jones for that. Um so no, he's not making any mistakes. Um, maybe if he had the title, he had, he would have a little more leverage over the UFC, kind of, because he you know get mm-hmm. holding up a division. But um, no, I don't think it's a mistake. And um, yeah, get your money, John. I agree with everything Mike Heck said. I agree. Yeah, Definitely but you know, you know what happened. You know what you know what happened if he held on to the title and tried to make this fight happen. They would have. T- they would just would have taken the belt from him. <laughs> so he just you know i mean he just said screw that they're not taking yeah. the belt for me i mean i'm gonna give it up myself because yeah. that's what they would have done 100 percent. and yeah. i think and i think fans would have held it against john too for holding up the division too so um that's exactly. why i think this True. is a, a smart move by john so um yeah dig in like you said uh okay let's fly through these uh oh that's a long one <laughs> wow from <laughs> tristan gordette <laughs> Do you think the dispute between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier is just a way of building oh, wait, do we already, for the trilogy? Right, do we already, we already, we already talked paper. So no. Oh, we already. Uh, Khabib. No, so we pretty much just talked about all Okay, we talked about that. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, here we go. MMA is not a career but an opportunity, Tristan Gordette. After hearing Jimmy Flick's interview with Mike Heck, does Dana's White's claim that fighting in MMA is not a career but an opportunity ring truer than ever? It sounded like Jimmy expressed those same statements as well. So, Mike, this is your interview. Do you agree with what Mr. Tristan Gordet has to say? 100%. I've thought that way for a long time. Like, look at where – I mean, you were talking about WrestleMania earlier in, in WWF and stuff. Like, Vince McMahon had the same thing back in the 80s. Like, even in the early 90s when we had the, the crappy gimmicks, it was always like, we're going to give you a chance, kid. Like, it's up to you. It's up to you to sell the tickets. It's up to you to get over. It's up to you to do those things. WWE ran off of that formula for years and years and years, had some success. Some stars broke out. Others did not. UFC is doing the same thing right now. Like, WWE and pro wrestling has been around a lot longer than MMA and the UFC, but it's exactly the same thing. And eventually, like, you know, guaranteed contracts and competition and things like that, getting bigger names over to the competition that changed the business forever. And I feel like, you know, and even, even the pro wrestlers never unionized. They tried, there were, there were conversations. They never did, but eventually, yeah, the eventually, yeah. Cause he stooged everybody out and Jesse Ventura and such, but eventually the business boomed and the way business was done not just in wwe but other places created opportunities for other guys and it changed the way business is done wrestlers make a lot more money wrestlers get a lot more opportunity that's eventually what could be with the ufc and bellator and mma etc once the competition gets better and starts getting even bigger and bigger names and i think bellator has done a good job i think pfl is doing a good job and one's been doing a good job getting some of these bigger names over but once these companies start to get to that next level, I think the business will improve. I don't know if it's going to change like the outlook and how fighters are being paid and what's in contracts, but I think time will eventually tell. But yes, it's short, short answer. Yes, it is an opportunity. It is not a career. It can get there, but it's up to 
the fighters to get over somehow, and it's not easy to do. Casey, what say you? Oh, yeah, like, like Dana calling an opportunity, that's just a way for him to, you know, pay them less. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's all that sucks. is. It sucks. It sucks. Dude, I, one, of those, one of the biggest mysteries in the 15 years I've been working MMA, outside of the top, you know, two or three fighters in every division, I do not understand how fighters, how professional fighters make a living. And I, I just don't understand. And Jimmy Flick kind of um, explained it perfectly. It's like, I have a full-time job. I have a family. I have kids. And I have to train to fight the toughest fighters in the world with zero guarantees. Like, I can do all of this, train my butt off, miss my family, break down my body. And then the week of the fight, oh, my opponent gets COVID. All right, got to go home. No money. Because you don't have it because you're too stupid to sign the union card. So you have no guarantees. No guarantees. So um, it sucks. To be, it sucks to be a professional fighter, and it sucks to be a professional fighter like on Jimmy Flick's level because mm-hmm. I've I kind of say a lot. It's a curse to be a really good fighter, but not a great fighter. And I think Jimmy Flick's a really good fighter who would be in lots of exciting fights. I don't know if he'll ever be a top five guy or whatever, but he was always giving me that range where like. He, yeah, he would still have to keep a day job to be able to have any financial stability for his family. And that can, that's just incredibly stressful and just hard on the body. And I get it. I 100% get it. And this has nothing to do with Jimmy Flick being scared of any flyaway or, you know, you know, you, you saw it all. Heck, you know, all that kind of crap. Um, it's just... Um, Watch Mike Heck's interview of Jimmy Flick. I don't know. It, <laughs> um, it also... He breaks it down it pretty also, well, man. Um yeah, it's, it's, it also it's, didn't surprise me that it was that Jimmy Flick retired because Mike, didn't you have an interview after his last win where one of his quotes was like, you know, I have a 401k job, I have land, I make a lot of money outside of fighting. And so when I read Jimmy Flick retires, I'm like, yeah, like didn't catch me. But he's the exact he's my age. Like we always talk about how like Casey interviews fighters his age and you, Mike, you've interviewed fighters your age. This, he's 30. I'm 30. And he's already got a, a lot, the foundation laid for a long, lucrative life. So if he doesn't need to get punched in the face to do that, why not? Why not take it? I also, his, his interview uh, in, the, in the ring when he made his announcement, uh, I can't remember. I apologize, Mike. Maybe you know who shot the video. I wanted to give them a shout out. But um, uh, he's like, I don't want to be Connor or Demetrius Johnson. I thought that was very good way to lay it out i'll say yeah he just it was just good on him man like i, I think mm-hmm. a lot i think this will be a catalyst for some change along the way like maybe not for like a union or fighter pay or anything like that but i think fighters are going to take a deeper look into what they do and kind of determine whether the juice is actually worth the squeeze at the end of the day so good on him that was an unforgettable interview and I mean, it was tough. It was tough to listen to and tough to watch his reactions. And it was, it was heartbreaking. It really the was. Part where he, the part where he was talking about his dad, how he wanted his well, – what, what was his phrasing? Like basically he wanted his dad back in his life or something like mm-hmm. that or I can't quite remember, but it didn't work out. There's a comic book that I just read the other day that is that. Like the kid killed himself trying to make a football team. His dad didn't, get, didn't care at all. And so his dad just sh- – and so the kid just shoved down his dad's throat. But that was an alarming alar- – alarming in the sense that it, it was uh, – made me think about a lot of things. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Now, what's our no, next one? I mean, yeah. 
uh, um, it's, I think it's just, and it's, I also love that, that Flick interview too, especially because we just find out there's so many reasons that fighters fight. And that's why I kind of, I love this, I love this sport. There's so many reasons. Some, some guys fight because I want the money. Some guys fight because they, you know what? I actually like hurting people and I should like, and like, this is the best way I can do it without going to jail. And Jimmy yeah. Flick kind of, you know, <laughs> said, you know, like he kind of he was going for all the success in mixed martial arts to kind of get closer to his dad, and it didn't work out. So he's like, "Well, yeah, that's not. I, I'm not closer to my family. Um, it's not helping my immediate family. My wife and kids right now is making my home life worse, and it's just stress. And yeah, it's just yeah, <laughs> being 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 a mid level UFC fighter is a tough tough living. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah." Uh, I like this question. <laughs> Hall of Fame, Andy, Bur- Andy Burton. If and when do you think we get an MMA Hall of Fame? Never. never. Never, never, never. A physical building? Never. There's not even a pro... Re- there is like a million pro wrestling Hall of Fames. There's never going to be a definitive... This UFC Hall of Fame is the same thing as the WWE Hall of Fame. It's up to one guy that determines who goes in there. And, what, uh, and, and there is no UFC actually Hall of Fame. It's literally just a hallway. I mean, it's, it's actually yeah. is a true hallway of fame. Yeah. Like, we actually see <laughs> it. That's, that's pretty funny. If great, well, and WWE has a warehouse that a lot of people consider like the actual Hall of Fame because it has all the props and memorabilia, memorabilia ever, like pretty much ever. And then a lot of fight, like Casey, you, you've been going to bowl and PWG a lot, and I can't remember her name, uh, but one of your friends that makes a lot of the gear for the uh, fighters. Isla, Depila. Yeah. Yes, Isla. She uh, makes, like, the Young Bucks gear, right? Mm-hmm. And she makes, like, Shayna Baszler's. Uh, Shayna Baszler's so, not the Young Bucks, like, but some other wrestlers, yeah. But, right. Well, you know, Robbie Fox, our friend at Barstool, he used to make a lot of shirts and stuff for them that they would sell on pro wrestling tees. But anyway, um, it's up to the wrestlers to make those, so they get to decide what they do with the memorabilia. So a lot of the famous things we've seen over in the WWE are, like, lost in time. Uh, UFC probably, does, like, they don't have props and stuff, but a lot of their designs are their own designs that they sell, like the Robert Whittaker symbol that you can't get on UFC.com. you got to go to RobertWhitaker.com. Anyway, if great fights are put in the Hall of Fame, why aren't great finishes? Um, hmm. and they kind of go together. Yeah. Great I also, finishes don't make great fights. <laughs> yes. But, like, if, like, would you put Dan Henderson's knockout of Michael Bisping in, in a Hall of Fame? Just, like, that moment? I, I, I don't know. Like, you don't, you, don't, you don't put really good double plays into the Baseball Hall of Fame. No. <laughs> That's a great point. You don't. You don't. <laughs> Casey, speak. Casey, what's your favorite double play? Name a oh. double play that should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I can't. Oh. I can't, I can't name one in particular. There's so many oh, good ones. Okay. I, dude, double the double play is my favorite. Is my favorite play in all sports. I just I just love the double play. I just think it's beautiful. It's just, Classic six four three, four yeah. six three, or what? Yeah. What do you got? All right. Uh, all yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It would have to be something involving those like mid '90s Cleveland Indians teams with Roberto Alomar and Alomar Omar Vizquel. Mm-hmm. It'd have to be something something from those two gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of, but then, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like, I like outfield double plays. I'm a big fan, mostly because I have yeah. to play outfield. Uh, if you were, put, if you were to put three fighters who were retired into the UFC Hall of Fame right now, who would it be? I would put DC, Randy Couture, and Habib. Randy's already in there. 
Brandon Couture is already in the Hall of Fame. Oh, three recent retireds? Oh, okay. DC, Habib, obviously. Frank Shamrock. Frank Shamrock. Okay. Non, yeah. Well. <laughs> Frank Shamrock, 100%. Yeah, Frank Shamrock three oh, times, yeah. basically. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I don't I don't. Randy, he is the, who's one that's, Mike, who's a wrestler not in the WWE Hall of Fame? It was Randy Savage was the big omission for years. But he just yeah. he went in like like what ten years ago. Who is Owen Hart the is not one? in. Owen is the big. But we one. know why. Yeah, the family. And Bruno uh, Le- Bruno San Martino wasn't in for for a long a long time. long time. Uh, I think Lex Luger, but we know, but we kind of know why. Uh, Bischoff's now in there. Bischoff, Shawn Michaels is going to be in it four times, but we can't get freaking <laughs> Owen Hart in it. But well, we know why Owen Hart's not going to be in. Yeah, yeah. Who is the Rock? Will be there eventually. Okay, outside of DC, Habib. Who are some current retirees? Max, Connor. No, no, sorry. That that reti- I've retired. Oh, retired. Stephen yeah, like, Struve. But Stephen Struve, I'm thinking Stephen Struve is a Hall of Famer. Ooh. Oh, you're just asking about recent oh, retirees. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's like the second part. <laughs> the second the recent retirees that um that would be in the Hall of Fame. Am I, am I, am I, am I, I can't, why can't I cannot think of any right now? Like, I, I know I, Jens Pulver needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Jens you know Pulver. Oh, yeah. that's a, I forgot about him. But guys like, like Ricardo, like Ricardo Lamas, I just, they just don't quite make it, you know? No. Gustafson's not retired anymore. But is he in the Hall of Fame for a fight, right? Like, they put his fight with John Most, Jones in the Hall of Fame. It will be, or yeah. it is already. He could be. He could. He could have multiple fights. As far as just him, him, him in the DC fight, I think was just as good too. Oof. I think it, that was a great Houston, fight. Houston, yeah. Recent retirees going in the Hall of Fame. Who am I, am I forgetting someone? Like is Misha Tate a Hall of? Well, I know she's coming back. Was Misha Tate a Hall of Famer? She will be. You think so? Yeah. I think. She, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think she should get in. Even okay. that fight against Holly, that fight was a great fight. The Julie Kedzie fight was a great fight. Mm-hmm. Strike so horse. I think she'll, strike she's horse. Just, she's, they don't count yeah, strike she's horse. Just, <laughs> she's just, she's, she'll be in for sure. Um, I can't even think of who's retired recently. Yeah, I don't know why my mind's kind of blanking right now. Like, Biz, has Biz been gone in yet? He'll, yes. he'll go in. He's already in, right? Yeah. He's okay. in. Yeah. I'm pretty sure no, – Casey, we worked the red carpet when we interviewed him. When he went in. That was like the last big one. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, you're right. You're right. <laughs> is GSP retired? Is GSP retired? Oh, Henry Cejudo. <laughs> oh, geez, Luis. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he'll be in there for sure. Yeah, Cejudo. Crow Cop? Crow Cop's not in it yet. He's got to be in it. Yeah, because you, you, you would have to include his – UFC career alone, no, but his entire MMA career, of course, without a doubt. Also, Dana loves Crow Cop. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kana has a ton of respect for Crow Cop. Rashad Evans, is he in it? Yeah, he was He was, He was. was getting inducted when the earthquake happened. I thought he was – Oh, was, was he only he speaking? being was inducted or was he speaking? I don't know. I'm oh, not, okay. I don't remember. I could be wrong. Because um, Rich Franklin just went into – Chad Mendez, does he belong in it? See, I think he's at kind of that Ricardo Lamas area where, like, you are just a really good fighter. But what about that fight with Aldo, though? Could well, that's that a great, alone? that's a great fight. I'm talking about just uh, him, him alone. Oh. Yeah, you're not wrong. Josh, no, oh, Josh Barnett's now retired, but I don't think he's going to go in. 
he probably should go in the pioneer one, but you know, there's politics. So Mark Art, Lesnar. Lesnar would definitely go in. Yeah, Lesnar will 100% go in. They'll name a building after. Yeah, Mark Wars and Mark Wars that Mark Wars that, that that Lamos Mendes area too. I think. Yeah. All right, that's fair. That's cool. Fair. Uh, okay, and we're gonna do this one is a quickie because it says quickies, and we'll wrap it up with this one. Quickies, Matt Bradbury. If a man Nunes is booked in a bantamweight fight <laughs> with Frank Yeager, who would you pick to win? Not prime Frankie, modern Frankie. <laughs> not prime. Because <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. That's that's ridiculous. Like prime Frankie, of course. But I don't know. This, this means... <laughs> I am not gonna answer that uh, question. That's tomfoolery. <laughs> Thoughts on Chuck Liddell fighting again? Is he fighting again? Please. Is he? No. I hope not. Chuck Liddell versus Logan Paul. Dude, probably. Probably a boxing uh, match, right? He's not going to do MMA again. I wouldn't mind seeing Chuck Liddell face, like, one of the Paul brothers in a kickboxing match. Uh, of course, MMA, they lose. But kickboxing, maybe, yeah, throw some leg kicks I in there. Think some leg kicks. I want to see Logan ha- Paul have an MMA fight because he was a high-level wrestler. He was a very, like, we've seen him wrestle uh, and uh, scramble with uh, Costa. Uh, Costa, mm-hmm. like obviously Costa got the better of him, but Logan Paul held his own in there for sure. He ha- he's not wrestled in a long time. Yeah, he's a strong dude. Uh, he our, like, I don't know. I our don't know his cardio would do. Our but. own Damon, our own Damon Martin, um, has, like he knows better than us because Damon loves amateur wrestling, and I like it from the outside looking in. I don't know your guys' level, but like Damon follows and like lives it, and the state of Ohio, like wrestling is king, uh, and so Damon can tell you a lot more of Logan's credentials in the wrestling world but he was impressed with him in high school so uh i damon when damon tells me someone's a good wrestler i believe <laughs> um yeah on, on one to ten one being no chance in hell speaking of Vince mcmahon 10 being definitely happening what are leon's chances of finishing nate diaz taking into account he's left elbow larry yes get that one to stick and nate gets cut and eventually nate's chin is gonna go mike one to ten is this happening <laughs> I mean, finishing, I'll say a five, only because I'm not saying like TKO or a submission or a knockout. Like if if the fight gets stopped, it's going to be the same way the Mazadal fight ended, where a doctor comes in, the cut's too bad. Like, so because Nate gets cut so often, I'm not going to rule it out. But if you take that out of the equation, it's a two. How many times has Nate lost by cut? Is it just a Masvidal fight? Just, yeah. See, that's what I, I think. This this Nate losing by cuts is. Uh, I think we're like we have a lot of carryover from, from Nick Diaz because people forget that Nate fought Pettis just like less than like two months or two and a half months before that, and Nate had a giant. That was the same cut that opened up in the Masvidal fight. It was literally this or whatever it was right here, right here. It was the same exact cut from the Pettis fight that never healed up. The one that Masvidal opened up and like. Like we talked about that after the fight, but people kind of forget that it was just that cut literally wasn't healed up. Um, so I don't. I, I I think the idea that Nate gets cut all the time and the fights are stopped. He gets cut up, but the fights aren't necessarily stopped. He's only been stopped one time ever because of cuts. But um, yeah, of course, um, Leon's probably the heavy favorite going into this. So I give it a three. Uh, I will also thing- let me let me also add where this fight is taking place. It is taking place in Texas where there's just tomfoolery and skullduggery 
yeah, everywhere yeah. to quote the great Jose Young. So that's why I upped that a little bit because of the cut, because that commission and everyone who's a part of that commission absolutely sucks. They're it could, terrible. It could go either way. It could go either way. He, they could have, they could have a busted lip in those Shopify or Nate's eyeballs could be hanging out and they're like, ah, keep it going. <laughs> so I, right. I, I agree with you, Mike. <laughs> you just don't know. Cut, you just don't know. The, the cut thing I'll say, uh, scar tissue doesn't get better. Like and he's been out like, for a while though. It's a lot of time to heal. It's fair, but he does get cut a lot. Like not by stoppage, but Nate bleeds a lot. And if he has that scar tissue over his eyes over what fifteen year fight career, and you're fighting a dude that his whole gimmick is to cut your face open with elbows, I could see another stop. I agree with Mike. If it's gonna be, if it's if Nate is going to be stopped by Lan Edwards, it'll be by something like that. I don't think we're gonna see him get peeled off the canvas. And he's, I don't. There's, I think the Leon Edwards submitting Nate Diaz is a zero percent chance of that happening. So the way this fight ends, I think, is by a, a gash or Nate just beating the soul out of Leon in like rounds four and five. Yeah, it's either going to be like a dominant decision win for Leon or we're going to be so pissed off heading into the main event that something crazy happened yeah, and we're just so upset about it. Five rounds, baby. I love it. But I'll give it a I'll give it a nine out of ten that something will happen where we'll, we'll be pissed off. How about that? I don't know what will happen. Nine point nine 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 nine. Something's gonna happen. We're like that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love it. Do, do, do. Uh, we've gone away. We've gone twenty five minutes over time. Yeah, I got I got to switch everything up. We're going. We've got the Bellator Media Day coming up right after this. Perfect segue. We have Bellator Media Day coming. Stay locked in on our YouTube channel after the Bellator Media Day. Mike, is your video, is, is what the heck on YouTube this week or was it only podcasting? It's only podcast. I don't know why. My, it, it's just weird. Some technical issues uh, with like good. the intro and the segments. So uh, we've already released two of those interviews. The Jimmy Flick interview is there. We released yes. Stephen Thompson. Uh, which is a fun interview. And we got Julian Marquez. That should probably drop shortly. Uh, and Randy Koss is always fun. New England to New England chat. He's just a blast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a fun chat. Him versus Adrian Yanez. That's the fight he wants in the most Ooh. respectful way possible. Love so, it. Uh, Dude, and Koss's yeah. breakdown of the big fight this weekend was pretty. I liked it. I liked his breakdown. It was tremendous. And I liked Wonder Boy's breakdown, too. <laughs> so, speaking yeah. of that, our own also Alex Alex has also put together a little montage of all the fighters we've asked about this fight. It's a super cut, the fan-sided special as we call it, because that was what we lived and breathed on for a while. Uh, she has an excellent super cut that she put a lot of time into on all the fighters giving their takes on the Ask Ball fight. So go watch that. Watch Bellator Media Day, and then go watch all of Mike's inter- all of Mike's interviews. And then we got Between the Links tomorrow, where Jed Mishu is fighting someone because Jed Mishu's whole life is based on Between the Links and I have a life outside of that. So anyway, <laughs> we'll see you next time, next Wednesday. <laughs> Happy birthday, AK. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.